Hi, welcome to the Why I'm Newcastle podcast. In this episode, we are focusing on understanding the fear of the Lord. This is often such a misunderstood topic. I'm excited for our speaker to unpack what it actually means to fear God. Because when you understand fear of the Lord, it changes the way you live your life. Our speaker this week is Sarah McCutcheon. Sarah has been in missions for over 20 years, building a wealth of wisdom and experience. Sarah is a very gifted and popular speaker, traveling and teaching all over Australia. Sarah can drop in on a skate park, and she was also in a band, whatever it takes to reach the lost for the gospel. She has led youth ministries, sowing hope, value, and worth into the next generation. She's even overseen the training and equipping of hundreds of missionaries. Let's dive in and hear what Sarah has to say about understanding the fear of the Lord. God's presence is a miracle. We have a miracle working presence in our lives as believers. Have you thought about that before? It's a steadfast, gentle, and transformational presence. When we think of the word miracle, we often think of something instant. And this can be true. After all, Jesus performed a lot of instant miracles in the Gospels. We read about him healing the blind and healing the leper, you know, or calming the storm. And he did things that people weren't expecting and they were immediate. But what about the transformational power of a miracle across an entire lifetime? We see this clearly in the life of Peter, who was completely transformed from the fishermen we read in the Gospels to the leader in the Church of Acts. God has miracles he is doing in our lives every day, but they're not often glamorous or fancy, and so we don't recognize them, but they are real and deep and long-lasting because they're sustained by his spirit. The biggest miracle of all has to do with our hearts, because only God can change, truly change a human heart. So in this message, I want to teach us the fear of the Lord. You might think that's a bit of a strange detour from the word presence and talking about the presence of God and miracles. But the fear of the Lord is the key to becoming more aware of God's presence. And wherever God's presence is, there's the miraculous. The fear of the Lord is a passionate topic of mine because the fear of the Lord actually changed my life. But I've realized that it's often widely misunderstood in Christianity today because many people think it means to be afraid of God. And I can understand that because God is so big and powerful and he's just beyond our understanding. And we're always afraid of what we don't understand, hey? But the Bible commands us not to be afraid. God himself has commanded us not to be afraid. And the Bible also tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. So we're told not to be afraid, but then also to fear God. And there's many verses in the Bible that talk about fearing God. So how does that work? When I began to understand the fear of the Lord, my life was completely transformed. You see, I used to live the first part of my life in fear. I tolerated a tremendous amount of fear because, well, I guess I thought it was normal. I was fearful of everything. I even thought that this fear became such a normal part of my life that it was part of my personality. Like I was shy. I was timid. I didn't take chances because I was afraid. When opportunities came into my life, I shied away. Because I was terrified of taking risks and I was terrified of stepping out of my comfort zone. And so it wasn't until I encountered the good news that God is with me 
and that where his presence is, there's freedom. And I actually have what it takes to face my fears and not just face them in a way that is becoming more aware of them because I was pretty aware. I didn't need to be told I had an issue with fear in my life. It was ruling my everyday decisions. But when I realized that I could actually step over my fear and I could overcome fear and that Philippians 4.13 tells me I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, there was a massive shift in the way I was living my life. And my whole world opened up when I overcame fear and I began to go next level in my relationship with God. So there are three types of fear mentioned in the Bible. And I want to go over them because it's important that we have the Bible's definition on the fear of the Lord. And we need to talk about what the fear of the Lord is and what the fear of the Lord isn't. So we don't get confused. The first type of fear that the Bible mentions has to do with punishment or bad things. So think about when you say bad things like spiders, like dangerous things, things that can cause us harm. There's a fear that we have when we're in danger or we feel threatened because often or not we are in danger. You know, if we're too close to a cliff edge or if someone's about to rob us, you know, there's a fear in our heart. There's also a fear with that when we steal and we're afraid of being caught. So that punishment and and things that harm us, that's the kind of fear that the Bible does mention. The second type of fear that the Bible talks about is and the kind of anxiety over breaking God's law. And so this fear was like a fear of punishment from breaking the Ten Commandments. And this fear was a fear of judgment. The third and highest form of fear that the Bible talks about is comes from the Hebrew word Yira. Yira, uh, spelt Y-I-R-A-H, is this beautiful, like breathy Hebrew word that means rightly seeing. So this word talks about seeing and fearing being united. So the fear of the Lord, according to the biblical word Yira, has to do with seeing. But what impact does it make on us to truly see God? And so the word see in this context is to be aware of his presence because we can't physically see God in this lifetime. But we get to see in terms of our spirit sees and discerns his presence in our life. We see his character and nature. We see his promises in our lives. We see him clearly in the life of Jesus. And so there's an awareness, there's, a, there's an obtaining an understanding and having wisdom, biblical wisdom, which means to have the mind of Christ, to see things as God sees them, to gain his perspective. The best example for the fear of the Lord is found in Isaiah 6. You know, I've read this chapter so many times, and maybe you have too, but let's read it again with fresh eyes and read it with the context of the fear of the Lord. See, if you've read this before, you know that it's all about God's throne room. So Isaiah sees God and he sees God sitting on his throne. And the first thing he sees is that God is massive. In fact, God is so huge that the temple can't really contain him. You know, the train of his robe is filling the temple and it says his glory covers the earth. Isaiah sees God and he sees these beautiful big creatures just flying around God. And it's quite a scene. And and Isaiah is really poetic about it. But the second thing that Isaiah sees after he's looking at God is Isaiah sees the condition of his own heart. And unfortunately, it's bad news for Isaiah because it's filthy. And Isaiah is immediately embarrassed. You know, he's like, woe is me. He feels condemned. And he begins to think, you know, I have done things that I'm not proud of. 
Isaiah is looking at a standard that is way beyond what he could ever obtain. And when he's looking at his standard, he's reflecting on himself and he's looking at his own condition and the comparison, it isn't pretty. But you know what I love about this story is that God reaches out to Isaiah in this moment of deep personal distress. He reaches out and he sends the seraphim to immediately cleanse Isaiah from his sin and from his guilt. And I think that's a really big picture of God's heart is, you know, God's not just passively in our lives. His presence isn't just there and we just have to see it, but God's moving and he's looking at us and he looks at us with loving kindness. He doesn't condemn Isaiah. He doesn't say, hey, your heart is not where it should be. Get out of my throne room. No, God goes to him and God cleanses Isaiah from his sin. And Isaiah's repentance unlocks this this new understanding of who God is. Because suddenly Isaiah, and we can read this in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? What a cool moment. Isaiah's in the throne room. He's observing God. He's just had a little moment with his own heart. God set him free from that guilt and that shame. And then he picks up on a conversation that God is having with the Trinity. Now, Isaiah's not actually in that conversation, but he's overhearing a conversation. And he just interrupts and he's like, here I am. Send me. Like he just invites himself into that conversation because his sins have been forgiven. He knows he belongs in God's presence. He has a place there. He's a son and he's listening to the father speak. And he's like, I want to be a part of this. And so his response to God's presence, his response to seeing God isn't just an awareness of his sin and awareness of his shortfallings, but it's an awareness of the goodness of God to forgive his sin and to then share something that's going on that's kind of private and special. You know, like Isaiah listens to God and he overhears something and he responds and he responds with wanting to get involved. And so God says, go. And it's called Isaiah's commission, this, this scripture. But it's a really beautiful moment to unpack what the fear of the Lord does and what it's like in our lives. It's an awareness of God. It's an awareness of what God's character and nature is like. It's an awareness of God's beauty. It's an awareness of his character and ways. But also it's having God's attitude towards sin. You know, God hates sin and he should hate sin because sin leads to death and God has come to give us life. Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life abundantly, John 10, 10. And so God hates sin because sin leads to death. Sin destroys his beautiful creation. Sin destroys humanity. And it's, you know, it's the cause of all the brokenness and pain that we're dealing in the world today. And we're made in God's image and we have a similar attitude to sin and in our lives in the sense that we hate seeing injustice. We hate seeing violence. We hate seeing, you know, like children suffering and things happening in our earth that we know is not okay. But we're often blind about the sin in our own heart. We don't see it because we're either ignorant or we're afraid of really looking there. But perfect love casts out all fear. We don't need to be afraid of what's in our heart. We need to bring it before God in true repentance And we need to desire what he desires, which is for it not to be there. Because, you know, God doesn't want us to be living this life that's trapped in sin. For me personally, God did not want me to stay in this cycle, this terrible trap of fear. And I had to repent from fear because God 
commands us not to be afraid. He commands me, he'd commanded me not to be fearful, but I was tolerating fear. And so I, when I dealt with it and when I brought that before God, you know, I still had times where I had the feeling of being afraid, but the fear of the Lord, the yira, that, that presence discerning, eye-opening gaze upon God really lifted my eyes up to desire something better, something better than a life lived in fear. And I've been living free from fear now for the second half of my life, and it's been incredible. And fear still comes as an emotion into my heart, but I deal with it quickly because I love my freedom. I love living free from fear. And God's really empowered me and equipped me and given me the ability to overcome my fear because, you know, God wants us to be courageous and courage is defined as the ability to do something afraid. Have you ever thought about that before? Like courage is the ability to do something afraid. And uh, so that means that, you know, courage begins with fear. It's not about being fearless. It actually begins with fear, but it's us doing something about that fear and making a decision to overcome it and to walk through it. And God wants to help us do that. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to comfort us. So coming back to Isaiah 6, we see this beautiful story of Isaiah seeing God and having God's attitude towards sin and then ultimately valuing God's heart. Like what, what's important to God becomes important to Isaiah. And that's that's really the goal of my life as a follower of Jesus. I really desire to value God's heart. And I think that the more I value God's heart, you know, the more intimate I become with God, because if it's, if it's important to God, it's important to me. If it matters to God, I want it to matter to me. And this is a beautiful process of relationship where I am constantly gaining more of God's heart. And I have to yield things in my own heart that I think might be better or things I want to hold on to instead of letting go. But the more I fix my gaze on who God is and the more I understand his ways, the more I desire that in my life. So we grow in the fear of the Lord through allowing God to convict us with his loving kindness on anything, any sin that we are tolerating in our life that is not from him. Because sin is just simply not good for us, you know, and God has good for us. He has goodness for us, goodness and mercy and loving kindness and forgiveness. So no matter where you're at in your relationship with God today, can I invite you to pursue the fear of the Lord? That beautiful picture of discerning and being aware of God's presence in your everyday life, asking for him to show you his heart and not shying away when he shows you your heart. And if you get a little bit discouraged or upset about the condition of your heart, be encouraged. The gospel is good news. God's already well aware of where you're at and he doesn't leave us in that place but he, his loving kindness leads us to repentance. He's not going to reject you. He's not going to condemn you. He wants to forgive you and set you free and give you his heart. Who knows what beautiful things you're going to hear from God as you deal with sin in your life, as you deal with the things that you're tolerating that aren't from him and gain a new revelation of who God is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and God trusts those who fear him. So let's take our relationship to God to a whole nother level through understanding the fear of the Lord. And let's value his heart in our life today. Wow, that was a great teaching. 
That shows the importance of really understanding our Bible and understanding the original Hebrew or Greek meanings of words. How big a difference from being afraid and scared of God versus rightly seeing God, being in awe and reverence of Him, and from that, living a lifestyle more in line with God's heart for us. Out of Sarah's teaching, I have a few questions and takeaways for us to think about. And remember, knowledge and information will only change your life through practical application. Number one, what is a fear, now this is the scary kind, that you currently have in your life that you want to overcome? Take some time and give it to God and ask Him for a way to overcome it. Number two, take some time with God. Is there anything that you are tolerating in your life that God wants to address and help you with? The key to overcoming sin or making changes to our lifestyle isn't running away from it, but is running to God with it. Number three, if one of the keys to fear of the Lord is becoming more aware of God's character and nature, then let's take a few minutes to read in Exodus chapter 34, verses five to seven. Now, after you've read this, I want you to sit back and think on these words. If this is your God, what does that mean for your life? And number four, what is one thing you think is important to God? And how can you either implement that into your life or can you address that issue and help out? If you enjoy what you have learned about understanding the fear of the Lord, we actually cover this topic for an entire week on our discipleship training school. In five months, you can learn more about God. You can make memories that will last a lifetime. You can even earn a certificate free that is totally Study approved. Did you know that after you complete your DTS, you can go on and get a full degree through the University of the Nations? All of YWAM's training helps you see how you can serve God and use your skills and knowledge to reach the lost. If you're interested in more info, jump onto our website, ymnewcastle.com or shoot us a message. We would love to chat with you. We hope you will join us again next week for what I know will be another great message. Together, let's keep discovering more about God 